there's more and more darkness around us this world. That means true spirit-filled believers are going to shine even brighter. You know, it tells us in Matthew 5, 16, that we're supposed to let our light so shine before men that they see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. So I want to welcome everybody to another spiritual encounter. I am your lion-hearted host, Pastor Casper. Quick reminder, don't forget to like and subscribe and all that sort of thing. We're so blessed to have a dear friend, Nathan Jones, back with us from Lion and Lamb Ministries. Nathan, what's going on in your world? A lot of changes have been happening here at Lamb and Lion Ministries. Uh, our founder and director, Dr. David Reagan, uh, finally moved to emeritus status, emeritus status uh, as of last week. Mm. So he, after 41 years of running Lamb and Lion Ministries, is moving now to, he's going to get remarried. He's in his 80s and uh, his wife had passed away. He's, he's getting remarried this weekend on the 12th. And uh, so we've got a new director, one of our trustees, Colonel Tim Moore, is now the director of the ministry. And I still remain the internet evangelist here. So my pulpit is the 4.5 billion plus people out there accessible over the internet. And we, of course, still doing our television program. I'm the co-host of Christ in Prophecy, which is now airing in its uh, 19th season. So we've got a new look for the show. Uh, we're having a new set being built right now here at the ministry. And of course, when you get a new director, uh, lots of changes, processes change. Uh, hopefully people don't change. I don't think that's the case. But uh, so we've got a whole new impetus to get the gospel out. Our mission is always to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ to as many people as we can, as quickly as we can. And that remains our passion and our mission. And so, yeah, you call us at a time where we're, where a lot is going on right now, but it's all good. It's all good, Pastor. Yeah, it reminds me that, you know, Moses didn't even get started in ministry till he was 80. So <laughs> there's no retirement <laughs> plan in ministry. And I, I remember my friend, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, had uh, shared about a, a man that was in his 80s. It was a, a pilot. He had to retire from being a pilot because his eyesight wasn't quite as good anymore. And went back to school and a few years later emerged as an accountant, um, chartered accountant. So, you know, um, Praise the Lord that he's, he's Dr. Reagan's getting married again. That's fantastic. You know, God doesn't want you being alone. Bring him a helpmate. That's good news. He turns 83 next month and he'll be, uh, he and his uh, new wife, her name's Linda. And uh, so getting married at 83 years old, that's, that's wild. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's exciting times here at Lamb and Lion Ministries. And, uh, but uh Gospel keeps going forward. Lots of stuff happening around the world related to the signs of the time. So there's, a, I think there's a, and you probably see it too through your ministry, uh, quite an excitement about Bible prophecy. Uh, even though the mainstream church is real silent on it or disinterested, the remnant church, as Jan Markell calls it, uh, are very passionate about what's going on. We've seen a whole new government rise up in Israel just after a week of dealing with Hamas. Uh, we're seeing this country just fall apart morally and continually to, a gay pride month this June. And so everything, children's shows like Blue's Clues showing gay pride scenes. And uh, it's an upside down world right now. So I believe that Jesus Christ is, is really coming soon because the signs of the times point to that fact. I think so too. I totally agree with you. Uh, in fact, I saw a, a video clip. I'll have to send it to you, but they've got a, a giant now that they're, they're going to put around to different cities. And it's, um, it's this enormous thing and it, it scans people and then you could become the giant for you know a few minutes and have your photograph taken with them or whatever um that's something they're supposed to be sending around the different major cities 
it's kind of like they're not even uh, hiding it anymore. You know, it's like the whole Nephilim as in the days of Noah that's unfolding right before us. Yeah, I, I don't follow the UFO phenomena too much, but I've been watching some of the videos that the mili American military has been releasing. Fascinating stuff. Uh, of course, later this month, they're supposed to release a whole treasure trove of it. And you see these, you ever see that movie Flight of the Navigator from the 80s? It had that, that round spaceship that was voiced by Pee Wee Herman and it could do all the things that they're saying, you know, zip up and down and go underwater. And, you know, I, I believe personally that UFOs are uh, demonic manifestations, not extraterrestrials from other planets. And uh, I just wondered if our technology, that humanity now has the technology, because the demons are the spirits of the air and of darkness. And maybe we do now have the technology to start being able to see them where we couldn't in times past before we had aircraft and also Again, leading up to the fact where I think that when you look at the book of Revelation, it talks about the five major sins of the tribulation time period. One of them is sorcery, this obsession with Satanism and demonism. And we're seeing a society that more and more open to demonic influence, uh, even if they label them as aliens or UFOs. Absolutely. Um, I could concur with you on that one. I, I wrote about that pretty extensively in my last book, Unmasking the Future. Um, yeah, it, it's amazing. Here's the, the Pentagon releasing classified footage, you know, and, and still most of the church is asleep at the wheel with this. Um, <laughs> these are absolutely demonic entities masquerading. In fact, um, I did have a, I mean, as you know, I used to go out to a lot of conferences as a guest speaker, um, also as a worship leader. But um, one of my speaker friends had shared with me, he had... Um, at one point, he was working on anti-gravity for the government and uh, had a top, above top secret clearance with the, with the U.S. government and said that he was down in some deep underground military base in Australia and saw extraterrestrials working with the scientists from the government. He wasn't a Christian at this point. He later realized later that these were interdimensional beings, these were demonic beings that um, kind of like, you know, demons in drag, I guess, you know, kind of masquerading, um, trying to, to pretend there's something else. So, yeah, I mean, I thought that Second Thessalonians 2, the, the great deception, because people would not believe the gospel. The Lord is going to allow them to have a great deception. And I think, you know, you, you certainly addressed that in, in the mighty angels of Revelation. So. What do you believe is the great deception that will come uh, to try to explain away the rapture, as you said, in Second Thessalonians I, I think it's going to include this UFO phenomena. Now they're calling it um, unexplained aerial phenomena. They changed the terminology, right? Make it more contemporary. Um, this has been playing out. This agenda has been playing out for a very long time. Um, I think that's going to be part of it. And, it's very likely. I, I remember when I was um, back in England, um, probably in the late 70s, I was reading a book by Dave Hunt, um, Peace, Prosperity and the Coming Holocaust. And he described back then in the late 70s how the, the, the UFO phenomenon would unfold and, and at some point the rapture is going to happen. And then they're gonna, the cover story is going to be the UFOs came and took out all those crazy born-again Christians that were interfering with world peace. But now we can have real peace, you know, and, and that's the anti-Christ uh, system gets in place. So um, 
it's very likely too that they're going to say, you know, that the Lord Jesus was an extraterrestrial. That's all he was able to do these miraculous things. In fact, if you go back, there was a film by um, Ben Stein. I, I don't know if you saw it yet. Um, Expelled, where he showed. Oh, excellent all, movie. Yeah, excellent. Right? All around the universities, if you even try to hint at the something besides evolution, you know, that possibly there was a creation or a, a great, you know, somebody designed it all, um, you just lose your position. You can't work in their profession again. And then at the end of the film, remember, he, he gets up with um, Sir Richard Dawkins, the great atheist of our day, and he asks him a simple question. You see, actually being quite kind to him. Because so, you know, where did life begin? And, and Dawkins is, you know, <laughs> Look at has a faraway look in his eyes, you know, and, and he goes, well, in a distant galaxy, far, far away, superior intelligent beings came and seeded the earth. And that's it. Uh, that's the best he can do. Panspermia, after all his great atheistic, you know, teachings. And how ridiculous. <laughs> of course, then you have to ask him, where, where did they come from? Yeah, I think uh, Hitchens, too, was on that. And he had said that life had come on the backs of crystals that were shooting through outer space and Ben Stein kind of froze the video and said, are we talking science or science fiction? Because it's interesting how the great atheists, as you call them, uh, will always revert to science fiction to come up with their answers. I mean, most of evolution is science fiction. It's unprovable, so therefore it's not science. We had on our television program, Christ and Prophecy, a few years ago, Warren Smith, who was a New Ager for many years, he got saved out of it. And he was telling us about uh, the New Age movement, how they have this Messiah complex called Maitreya. He's supposed to be this Superman type character that's gonna come and he could possibly antichrist-like figure. And the New Agers are believe in the rapture like we Christians do, but with the idea that the Christians are need to be raptured off this earth because we're holding humanity's evolution back and then once Christians are off this planet, the, the you know, Maitreya and his, his kind, the, the great ancient spirits, can come and teach mankind to have peace and utopia and all. And brother, that sounds just like how the Antichrist comes and initiates the tribulation time period. He comes bringing peace and promise of prosperity. The Christians are gone and now humanity can evolve again. And of course, we know the New Age movement is, is deeply rooted in the occult and ultimately Satanism. So... Uh, that scenario seems to be very viable as a Second Thessalonians two part of the Great Deception. Absolutely, yeah. I, I actually remember seeing posters in the underground, um, taking the tubes in, in London, and that it was you know, probably the late seventies and uh, early eighties. It would say um, the Messiah is coming this summer. You know, it was not a Rachi thing, um, and, and uh, it was Benjamin Cram. You know, which, which when you look at what he's the foundation, it's a Luciferian foundation that he, he sponsors and involved with. And apparently um, they had this, this character manifest in front of the press and disappear and reappear a couple of times, which is, again, you know, which created spirits can do these sorts of things. It tells us, you know, um, the devil himself can appear as an angel of light. So mm -hmm. that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing these great deceptions being put in place and um you know and and the sad thing to me is is so many uh people in the church they don't even want to know about it i mean ignorance is you know is a form of knowledge it's, it's not a good thing you know god's people perishing for lack of knowledge and here we are 
you and I are out there, you know, on the front line for a long time now, trying to, you know, rattle the, the cages, so to speak, and wake people up. So, well, with the the military releasing all this information, uh, I assume that the inevitable conclusion is is they're hoping then yes, people will believe in UFOs or UA, uh, what do you call it, unidentified aerial object, and uh, so. Do you think that there's an agenda behind that? There's a there's an idea of, of trying to indoctrinate a society into accepting the idea of there being UFOs, or is this just a purely scientific in nature? Well, you know, it's almost like science is you know a degree of the the experts that are ignorant. So, um, it's experimental, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's an agenda being uh, unleashed. It's kind of reminds me of the back in science class. You put the frog in the boiling water and it pops right out, right? You put it in water and keep it slowly. It cooks to death. And that's what's going on right now. People are being cooked to death. So um, it's, a, it's a time to, you know, to urge people to get closer to Christ and, and whilst there's still time. So, I mean, that's, um, it's just amazing what's going on at this point. And, um, yeah, I, I think we just need to, you know, constantly be um, doing what we're doing right now and just talking about it as much as we can and, and, and trying to get people to understand what's really going on here. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, interesting how Satan's plan from the beginning has always been to get all of humanity to worship him. And we read it how the middle of the tribulation that, you know, it kind of unveils himself through the Antichrist and forces the world to give up their one world ecumenical religion that starts the first half of the tribulation so that there's antichrist or Satan worship through the antichrist, the second half of the tribulation. And it's behind the principalities and powers of this world have been working towards this globalization. I, uh, when I wrote the book, uh, the mighty angels of revelation uh, last uh, well, 2019, uh, one of my proofers, I was talking about globalism a little bit in the book. And I said, well, the world is calling out for a global leader. And he's like, no, I don't see that at all. And I give him some credit there that it wasn't a call. But post-pandemic, it seems like there's a tremendous amount of call now for a global government. Who, for instance, trying to create a, a, a global system, uh, especially with a, uh, a global passport system, a global record system for keeping medical records. Uh, we're seeing a, a global government that needs to be able to manage future pandemic issues. Uh, again, all of a sudden, out of the blue, it would seem that even though we, you know, who've been following it, the remnant church has known that the globalism has been pushing. Uh, Klaus Schwab in, in uh, the uh, Economic World Forum is really pushing for it. Matter of fact, so much so that our ministry is teaming up with Billy Crone of Get a Life Ministries. And we're going to hold an annual conference at his church on October 16th and 17th in Las Vegas. And we're going to dedicate the whole conference to talking about the Great Reset. And that's the, the big term, I think, of the year 2021, the Great Reset, resetting the world and society into this globalist form of government. And we're going to be exploring different speakers. We're going to be exploring different areas of how the world's going to be reset. Uh, my part is I'm going to talk about the Great Reset of Culture and the great reset of technology, because we're seeing culture and technology change globally as well to be more of a globalist type, one world type culture and one world technology. Absolutely, I, I've been, you know, hammering on about this um, since this whole orchestration was starting to, to, to perform. Um, 
And yeah, you, you're right. I mean, they're openly talking about it and people are not paying attention. They're openly talking about having a world that, that fits John Lennon's Antichrist song, Imagine, which the UN, of course, loves to play, right? Imagine uh -huh. there's no God, there's no heaven, there's no possessions, there's no full family, you know, forget about wives and husbands and children, that's over too. And, and you'll have nothing and be happy about it because they will control your mind to the point where they can release serotonin dopamine levels that keep you sedated. And you'll, you know, and, and of course this goes into the guide stones um, that are located in Georgia, which uh, Dr. Ali Mozuli and I went to investigate some years ago, very ominous place. Um, you know, they, they want to eliminate people, get it down to 500 million. This is actually happening, yet the church, you know, ignores these issues. And I, I don't know what people are doing. It's like, you know, I, it bothers me. And I, I, I feel like I need to rebuke the, the church body because it's like become a social club. I mean, the churches that have remained open, but when this thing is fully, you know, um, in full gear, I mean, I, a lot of us that have been studying the word, Berean, uh, we're seeing, you know, the handwriting on the wall. Um, there's people that are intuitive because they hear the voice of God. Um, I told my church just the other day, I remember when I was a, a child, I um, built one of those crystal radios, you know, and and, uh, oh, yeah. and then I, I was, yeah, a little if phone, you know, a little ear plug and everybody thought I was sleeping and I'd be listening to, you know, find their frequency. I could listen to rock and roll at night. Yeah. God, God was preparing me for the days later on. Um, but I realized, you know, it's a lot of static, right? But when you, you find it at one frequency, you tune into that channel, you can find it again. It's easy to find the next time. That's, so we hear the voice of God, you know, we pray without ceasing and we, we hear the voice of the Lord telling us and directing us. Um, but I think for a majority of people, they're going to sadly experience, you know, um, Matthew 7, I, I never knew you, depart from me. And they're going to argue, but, but we went to church, we had, you know, we did this, we did that, you know. I never knew you, you weren't a, you weren't a doer of the word. You were a hearer only and, and, and deceived yourselves. But the Bible prophesied that 1900 years ago, didn't it? Through the Apostle John in Revelation 3, that the final stage of the church would be the church of Laodicea. It's a church that's apathetic and, and lazy. Uh, uh, let me uh, pull it up here, because I, I think it really is pertinent for today's issue that deals with the church. I mean, we've got this, what's called the lukewarm church at Revelation 3.14. And the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things says the amen, the faithful and true witness. We're talking about Jesus. It says, I know your works. They're neither cold or hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot. Jesus says, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And here's what the church of today, of this final stage says. It says, I am rich and become wealthy and I have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And so Jesus has a counsel for the church. And he says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined from fire. In other words, spiritually, that you might be rich and white garments, purity, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with salve so that you can see, because that's a problem with the church uh, in this final stage. They, they can't seem to discern what is right by going to the Bible. And I, I love it with the Lord here, though. He always gives you a hope. He says, as, verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous. And he calls here the church to repent. And here's this great verse, verse 20. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he 
with me. And then he says to overcomers, I will grant you the right to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. So there's some terrible points about the church that have to be dealt with. There are our laziness, our apathy about what's going on, our apathy in our relationship to him, this false idea because we have big church buildings and large programs and things that were rich. But you compare us to, say, the Church of Philadelphia. Uh, that was the mission age church of the 1700s and 1800s. And they were passionate about the Lord and they suffered and they got the gospel out. And so here the Lord's calling us to, to call him back into our churches and our buildings and to dine with him. But I, that one passage, Pastor Casper, I think it was really good is that to open our eyes to see. And I believe a remnant church does exist that sees what's going on in the world, that has a love for the Lord's coming. For those churches who have no love for the Lord's coming, I think they're blinded because they're missing a big percentage of the picture that Jesus has for us about his return in the end times and how all things work inside his plan. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the reasons when we were able to travel um, extensively, you and I kept showing up at conferences because we were able to say things there that most churches wouldn't let us say. And that, that was where the remnant gathered. You know, and we would see you know, a couple thousand people come together that their eyes would open, their ears would open, you know, their hearts were right before God. So mm -hmm. that's where we're at today. Um, it, it's just, it, it, it's playing out just as the Lord said it was going to play out. Um, I, I think even the, the unbelievers are realizing something's up um, because they, they come and talk to me as well. I, I've done a number of um, medical rallies. I don't know why I get mistaken for a doctor periodically. I tell people, do I look like a doctor? <laughs> You know, I'm like a with, rocker to me. Yeah, you know, I'm playing with you know, these major rock star friends of mine. Um, but I, because I have a lot of you know medical doctor friends, and, and they're being censored, you know. But I mean, the, the Lord's still opening ways for them to get out and, and say the word. And I've realized a lot of those meetings I've been at recently, the majority of the people showing up are new agey. They're they're, um, they're usually fallen away um, Catholics that I've, I've encountered. Um, and then they went looking for, you know, power and, and they found it in the cult. And, and uh, you know, and here I am getting the minister behind enemy lines, so to speak, um, leading people in this, back into salvation. So. Oh, praise the Lord. Yeah. And, you know, it, uh, I, and interesting to me, I find a lot of times I, I start out in that situation. I start out talking about the shroud of Turin because I'm going, well, wait a minute. We got physical evidence. What are we going to do with that? Oh, it was a medieval forgery. Ah, quantum. You know, let, let's talk about actual science. You know, not Dr. Fallacy science, which changes flip-flops every day. <laughs> yeah. so, oh, good to say. Yeah, the, the, that's the wonderful thing about Bible prophecy. 31% of the Bible is prophecy. The Lord wants us to know how events will unfold. Does he give us all the details? Clearly not. But he wants us to know. Because as Titus 2.13 tells us, it's our blessed hope. Knowing that Jesus is returning is meant to give the church hope. And when churches don't teach about the Lord's return, they're missing that hope that the church needs. And brother, it's getting darker and darker out there. The world's getting crazier and crazier. And so we need to know that it's just not going to go on forever. And the Bible prophecy teaches that. It gives us that hope that Jesus Christ will return. He will defeat this world system. He will defeat Satan who's behind it who's the prince of this world system, and he will usher in his own kingdom. And for a thousand years, there'll be peace and righteousness and justice around the world. Jesus will rule and reign from his throne in Jerusalem. 
And eventually then we, after that, we get into the eternal state where we have a new earth and a new heaven comes down, the new Jerusalem, we call it, down to the new earth. And there we get to be with our Lord and Savior and his Father. We get to see God face to face. There's no more sin. There's no more oppression. There's no more poverty. There's no more sickness. There's no more death. And brother, that's all things to be excited about. So, uh, you know, these preachers out there who are talking about your best life now, they're missing the point because our best life isn't now. Our best life is in the future. Right now, we're called as Christians to be salt and light in the world, to share the gospel, to hold evil back as much as we can, to help people become aware of what's going on in the world, and to give them the gospel so that they might be saved. That's the church's mission right now. Amen. Um, I know we're probably down to the, the last minutes of the program today. I'm looking forward to getting you back on again. And, uh, but in the meantime, there's people watching, you know, they, maybe they think they're here by accident. Like they just tuned into this, but uh, we know it's a divine appointment. And I, I would ask, why don't you just give them the gospel right now and, and pray for them. Make, let them make that decision right now to come into a, a, the saving knowledge of grace with Christ. And there's none of us, like Nicodemus, none of us can do it without him. We can't, you can't be good enough. There's no way. It's just, there's no, and, and the Lord even said, I mean, all the other religions, you can go to their grave sites. They're still there, right? Rotting away in the dust. His tomb's empty. Brother Nathan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, like you said, the, the Bible says that our works are like filthy rags. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says that, that, that our works are useless. That we cannot work our way to heaven. That's what religion is, isn't it? It's that man-made uh, ideology we build ourselves around to elevate us up to God, but we don't need to. God reached down to this earth through his son, Jesus Christ, who he sent as a man to die for our sins. A perfect man died in the place for our sins, and he took the penalty of our death and our sin upon himself on the cross. And when we put our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ as the son of God and our savior, and if we repent of our sins and ask him to be our savior, then we're saved there. We are saved from a life of living in sin and being a slave to that sin. We're freed from the guilt and we're saved from the eternal punishment that all men will get hell forever unless they accept Jesus Christ as their savior. He's the lifeline of salvation. And so John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, that then pray from your heart, something like, dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need to be saved. Please forgive me and be my Lord and savior. And Jesus promises to do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. The weight of your guilt will be evaporated. You'll be cleansed and you'll inherit eternal life with Jesus Christ forever. Amen. I, Romans 10, 9 says we just confess the Lord Jesus, believe in our hearts that Father God raised him from the dead, will be saved. He didn't make it complicated. Anybody could do this at any level. Um, e even those people that are, you know, working with, with the transhumanists and the globalists, I mean, it's time to come out of that darkness and, and come back and find the truth. The truth is right. only Christ. Jesus died for the sins of the world. That means anybody all the way, even as bad as, say, Hitler, could have repented and turned to Jesus Christ and he would have been saved. But not everybody's going to accept Jesus Christ, obviously. And actually, it'll be far less people than, than will. But 
And that's the tragedy of it all because God loves us so much that he died for us. I mean, isn't that amazing that God the Father would send his perfect son to die in our place? I mean, that is true love. The Lord is trying to get us back to that Garden of Eden scenario where we walked and talked and had fellowship with our Savior day after day. And that's what the eternal state will be. It will be filled with people. Uh, heaven will be with people who want to be with, with God and love him as he loves us. Uh, brother, I'm looking forward to that. We have great times ahead of us. We do indeed, the great hope. And I mean, and the Lord even says, I, I think it's in Matthew, where uh, said, you know, for those that love me, I, I will love them and manifest myself to them and, and reveal the Father to them. If, if you don't, you know, that's yeah. not going to happen yeah. in any dimension. So um, it, it, it yeah. is time yeah. to just get right with the Lord on, on every level and, 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 you know, burn up everything that needs to to go every unclean spirit that's manifesting in anybody if it's a spirit of unforgiveness or uh, even people need to forgive themselves for the things they've done um forgive all those others the lord hung there on the cross in excruciating pain that we can't even imagine what he went through and said forgive them father they know not what they're doing and that's right right happening right now with the with the, the people in davis switzerland as you mentioned the, the resetter guys right the global resetter um they don't know what they're doing. They, they clearly don't. They're, they're, they're delusional. And um, we need to pray for them. We need to pray to, to, to stop the nefarious plans, and we need to pray that they get saved. Amen. Amen. Uh, that's the exciting part about the gospel, is that anybody can be saved. Uh, there's a spiritual blindness over our eyes, and we need to have the Holy Spirit open that. And then once saved, find a Bible-believing church, a good one like yours, Pastor Casper, and and get baptized. Show uh, people as a public confession your faith, water baptism. Uh, get involved in a Bible study in a group. Get in the Bible because that's how the Lord talks to us. He gives you the Holy Spirit, his spirit, so that when you read the Bible and, and, and study it, then you can know the Lord and his will better. And that'll keep you strong in your faith. Absolutely. I, I've actually had people tell me they think I, I quote too many scriptures when I preach. I'm thinking, how is that possible? That's what church is for. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> if the Lord spent all that time compiling the Bible over hundreds of years and gave us this incredible vital message, that's what we're supposed to be doing in church. Absolutely. Yeah, that's another thing. Once you're saved, go share your what's called testimony. Share your story with other people, how you came to know Jesus so that they can be saved as well. Well, I can see we're about out of time. So, um, Check out Lionel Lamb. You're, you're on every week. And um, what's the best place for people to find you on the program? Sure. Well, uh, I'd recommend if you want to get to know more about Lamb and Lion Ministries, go to our website, ChristInProphecy.org. That's the name of our television program, Christ in Prophecy. It's on all the major networks. We have tons of articles, videos, e-newsletters, social media. Uh, we want you to get excited about Jesus Christ in return. So uh, check out our website, ChristInProphecy.org. If you've got any questions, you can write us at theupperroomfellowship.org. There'll be a link on this. And uh, Brother Nathan, we look forward to the next opportunity. We get to, to come on spiritual calendars together with you. Love you, brother. I love to share the gospel with you. It's good ministering with you, Pastor. God bless everyone.
largely faith-based ministry, and so please give and support spiritual encounters as you are led. Truly, Grace and Radio have a lot in common. Grace is free to us, but costs Christ an untold price. We may never fully understand this side of heaven. Radio is also free, too. It costs nothing to turn on your dial or stream audio, but it costs us a lot to stay on the air. Spiritual Encounters is almost entirely listener-supported, a privilege, but rare things in these days of big church radio corporations. We've carefully trimmed our budgets to all but wartime essentials, but operating costs are a fact of life. If you've been blessed through our program, here are some ways you can give back as the Holy Spirit leads. Consider becoming an underwriter by contacting us or simply go to the upper room, fellowship.org, and scroll down on the main page to donate. 